0: Okay, so welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Beacon Hills After Flashback (laughs) live chat (laughs) with me, Sticky Keys, and joining us today is Purple Pints. Say hi, Pints. Hi, Pints. Yay. And we are talking about WTF happened in this movie. So, um, all the
1: things (laughs) happened,
0: yeah. All the things supposedly simultaneously. I have some thoughts about that. We'll see what comes of it. Um, let's start with your thoughts. Well,
1: it gets a little confusing pretty quickly, I think, for a lot of people watching, and that's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're not into these kind of movies or you're not used to seeing uh, movies that require a lot of active viewing, mm-hmm. especially in today's day and age where you've got one eye on your cell phone usually and then one eye on whatever's on the screen, Right. you're going to miss a lot. It's going to be hard for you to kind of keep up with a lot of the things. I love these kinds of movies. I am exactly that bitch. I am the one <laughs> who's like, oh yeah, put on all the crazy... I'm the one who's like... Oh, Sixth Sense? Yeah, I had that figured out. Unbreakable, 20 minutes in, I had Mm -hmm. that knocked out. No problem. I got it. Yeah, I've been loving this kind of thriller, this kind of, is it a multiverse? Is it a temporal flux? What the hell's going on? Kind of stuff since forever. So for me, I've been super hyped about this project. For years.
0: Mm-hmm. Literally years. One of the reasons I
1: started my own Discord. Was mm-hmm. to keep my bullshit off of your boards. <laughs> so people wouldn't get bogged down. In all the mire of my. Oh my god. It's all these things happening. Mm-hmm. But. From the perspective of the viewer. You're watching Fred go through this stuff. And it seems like. Oh he's remembering this. But if you watch and you. Are looking at what's going around in his surroundings. Not only when you're coming into kind of like the present day Fred, where here he has this girlfriend and his mom just had like what seems to be a stroke and you know whatnot, but all the other incarnations up to the high school version, you'll notice that there's a lot of things that are missing, or there's a lot of things that seem very two dimensional or stand in, right? And don't seem fully fleshed out, and that's not.
0: That's by design, and I think that, too. That was a very big thing that I noticed. So, um, essentially, as everybody knows, you know, we just watched it, uh, i that's why I always felt that flashback was a misnomer. I think that um, I think that that kind of does a disservice because, of course, every reviewer that quote-unquote watched this movie and I use quote-unquote because a lot of them added in details that simply were not in this film. <laughs> one guy even had where his mom was dying from cancer and I was like sir. <laughs> like,
1: hey, didn't I just say one one eye on the cell phone one eye on the TV?
0: Exactly like and then um, I love the a, a few people that called uh, Fred an IT uh, a tech person and i'm like no <laughs> like he can barely operate his phone <laughs> he is I'll, not I'll give, a tech i'll give them
1: like a little flex on that because when he's walking into his job at first you hear uh amanda bruegel's voice evelyn uh evelyn's yeah. voice come over the you know the music and she's like oh will talk about data analytics but it's like a kind of a oh, just a blink and you'll miss it, almost a one-off throw line. And, and then she's like, oh, and we we get, gather up this data to do this stuff. So people thinking, oh, it's some kind of like tech job or IT job. It's computers. like, not really, but uh, this computer's and numbers and stuff. So I can see where you'd think data crunchers are kind of the same as the guy who'd fix your Wi-Fi.
0: Exactly, your camera came on. There you go, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Um, Bastop said, uh, "Flashback makes it seem like time is linear when that's not the case here." I believe that to be true. Um, however, I don't necessarily. We're not dealing with a flashback. We're kind of dealing with a it's wild more of a flash, flash sideways forward. kind of thing. A little bit of a flash forward and a little bit of a um because they keep saying, Well, all of this is happening happening simultaneously. And I don't feel well, that that is, came up. It's as well. not
1: all happening necessarily on the same timeline. He's it, it he's perceiving it all well like we're perceiving right. it all as happening in like this one moment where
0: mm-hmm. it's just,
1: you know, like okay, he's like I don't know if you can hear that. I'll yeah. probably do that now.
0: quite a bit. Now, <laughs>
1: Sorry, now, now. i try not to. I, <laughs> I snap a lot when I talk. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but you do have this uh, this interpretation where people are like, oh, they're flashing backwards, they're flashing forwards. It's more of a, a sideways kind of skew because it's like all the choices that they're making branch off into these other things, so it's really more of a multiverse or parallel worlds dynamic than it is and- him going back and forth in a a timeline.
0: Right. I definitely don't. That's so why
1: it was like sublimation would have been great right because I had and this I told huge them that too. About this movie <laughs> being all tied in with alchemy. Right. <laughs> because there was a picture of the disc that the, the company uses for their logo, and you blink and you miss it. It's at the end when they're like shaking hands, you see it on the wall for a moment. It just looks almost like a clock, it's just mm-hmm. like a black disc with some white dots on it. But I was like, oh, my God, it's like the tree of life. And it has these cutouts that are dashes, but they were all angled. And I actually could draw the alchemical symbol for Mercury in those dashes. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, oh, it all makes sense. It's all kinds. It's, it's going to be alchemy. That's why they're calling it Mercury. And just like his last movie, uh, Conspiracy, which was great. If you right. haven't seen that, I definitely recommend watching it. Um, It's not. As disjointed as this, it's more of a found footage kind of right. thing. Right, um, deals more it's like all about paranoia conspiracy theories and... and secret groups, and mm. you know, just all the
0: pre good QAnon. Stuff.
1: Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> all the people who thought they were crazy before the QAnon came on stole that crown. Yeah, that that's the conspiracy. Mm. But so knowing how much he had stuffed into conspiracy, I was really thinking, oh, he's going to do all these levels of meaning with this. And there's going to be all this stuff with color, there's going to be all this stuff with the different phases, there's going to be the great work, there's going to be the Hermes trifecta, there's going to be, uh, oh, this you know. And I think a lot of it does fit, but I'd have to hear it from him and hear him say alchemy and then go, bingo, that's it. So I or did to talk to him.
0: Be- about that more than my headcanon right (laughs) and i do actually still need to get you that footage but um unfortunately i think we are dealing a little bit with how did this get made in terms of this movie his desires uh, for what he wanted it to say and how he wanted it to be shown versus the ability to actually get it to the screen. And I think in order to do the latter, he made a lot of compromises on the former. And um, I think there are a lot of things that he wanted to kind of put in that would tie stuff together that were cut mm-hmm. for the sake of time, for the sake of, you know, alleged clarity. Honestly, when you test drive a film like this you can't do it on a general audience and I understand that that is what they're thinking about but I'm like these are people who wouldn't watch the movie in general <laughs> you know anyway like you need to get those kind of people that this is their jam and you know we'll kind of understand what he's going for. Um, yeah and I, unfortunately
1: there's just not that many of us um, yeah. you know that are really into this kind of you know, I think that
0: there's this a out good... later if
1: you need to, but kind of like yeah. mind fuckery of a film where, know you know, fine. you're trying to pay attention to eight or nine different things at the same time. Or
0: exactly. Things
1: are going backwards and forwards or there's hidden stuff that's happening, like little Easter eggs popping up visually that are cueing you into stuff that's going to happen or has happened. Well, I told you, know, you about how
0: clothing changes in tone. Right. I told you about how in the first trailer. Um, He literally says, I feel like I've been having flashbacks. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, whoa. I'm like, that's where he got this from. I was like, and then why wasn't that in the final cut of that's what they're using for the title of their movie. But I know it was just just an uphill battle.
1: Pop title. Exactly.
0: You You
1: look at so many things and. There was the joke post going out around. Last year about the COVID movie, you know, because they're like, oh, you know that every studio is going to be making COVID movies. Right. And they're going to have to name them. So everyone's like, oh, usually disaster films, you know, things like this are like one word. Mm -hmm. Or if it's like based off of a book, it's usually like two words. So everyone was coming up with fake titles. And I think I said something like, oh, it's going to be something absolutely ridiculous like wet market dry bone. (laughs) And, you know, then it's going to have like a like a slash between those two things. And, you know, everybody's just going off on it because so much of what Hollywood wants to sell with titles is just like quick pop stuff where it's like immediately you see it and you're like, oh, this is this is what this is about. So you'll have specific leans that they want to go on. And the longer the title of a movie is usually the longer means the more independent or the more. Oddball or niche And then people are going "Eh, I don't know if I want to watch a movie that's going to Make me think I don't know if I that sounds Like it might be an indie film It might be something a little bit crazy or a little Bit weird or you know whatnot. so I think that Changing it from the education Of Frederick Fitzell was not The wisest move But I understand why they would do it as a Business move why they went With flashback instead of just going with Mercury
0: why not Mercury? Like, why not Choices? Yeah, why not, Mercury? <laughs> why not <you laughs> know, Inversion the if they were going to do it? Choices
1: were right. definitely made. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's At least those were that. part of the movie. Made.
0: Because the whole <laughs> point like, of... Yeah, it's, a, it's right there. The whole point of the movie is about choice. And it's about... Um, either the practice of or even the illusion of free will and how, mm-hmm. you know, kind of how control, how in control are you? And so that's why I was like, flashback just, it, it's just upsetting because it's like, it almost feels lazy. And I'm just like, come on, you guys. But well,
1: I'm old. And mm-hmm. so I remember the other movie named Flashback that came exactly. out in like the 90s with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, don't get me started on that one because Dennis Hopper, come on,
0: man. Uh And that's the other thing is that, like, when you're trying to search for this movie, it's impossible because of that movie. And because Mm -hmm. they haven't – because they thought of the title so late, they haven't settled on, like – flashback movie flashback film flashback 2021 you know that kind of thing so it's well just been and a mess.
1: some of the other films i've noticed recently it didn't it wasn't available for like the pre-order mm-hmm. or advanced right. whatnot on like prime or whatnot so i was searching for it and couldn't find it anywhere i think it was like last night at like nine or ten o'clock it pop, popped up on google play finally exactly and then it didn't hit prime until midnight
0: Right. Yeah. My um, my digital copy from the Blu-ray didn't go live until uh, this morning. I was just mm-hmm. like, gee, thanks. That's why it took me forever to figure out that it wasn't going to work for streaming.
1: You're like, is it on East Coast? Is it on West Coast? Is it on Greenwich Mean? Exactly. What is this? Do I have to be a penguin in Antarctica? What time? Am I-? Like, right. Nobody
0: knows. <laughs> so um, I just like in the
1: movie, nobody knows
0: <laughs> what, what is time even. Well, see, I think. It, I don't think it's that people won't remember it long title because I think it was unique enough. I think that I've, I think it's closer to Pines's point where it's like that kind of title definitely evokes the idea that it is an indie and people just don't want to think right now, you know, and it's like, well, God bless ye. Um, my estimate, and especially
1: with the word like education in it too, they're like, Oh no, is this going to be some kind of like
0: message film? Yeah, you know,
1: whatever. And I'm, I'm making quotation marks with my fingers. You can't see like sarcastic right. marks over here.
0: <laughs> so, you
1: know, like, again, changing it is more of a marketability issue than anything else. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's not that I have a problem with the title change so much as I have a problem with what they changed it to.
0: Exactly. But I would
1: write or die for uh, not using the hashtag T-E-O-F That was just driving me nuts <laughs> I was like what is this the Tennessee Educational Occupational Film Festival No, they no don't. I, I, can't do it. I, I love
0: I it I love how many mm. uh, golf posts Would come up too that was always fun <laughs>
1: He's like, but, please, um, no, this is way too close to everything else. It's not bad and that And then Flashback it's an... is way too close to everything else. So exactly. I don't see where they were going with that.
0: Best Up asks, is it bad that it's an indie, though? Uh, when Why try to be something the film isn't by choosing that title? And that's kind of the issue is that how many people... Like, it would be one thing if we hadn't just come off the tails of this pandemic. But um, with the films that are getting released into theaters post-pandemic they are they're not looking for thinkers (laughs) they're looking for Mm -hmm. something that is actiony which is funny because that's really not this movie (laughs) but you know
1: they want something that pop action you know just like the big screen experience you know all, all the big special effects all the big sound all the cgi everything everything
0: like I was watching. If Avatar
1: with... was ready right now, Disney would be shoving it down oh, everybody's throats. Yeah. It'd be on every AMC screen. Like, that's.
0: I had a friend over you know. yesterday and we were watching it. And she was just like, it's interesting because nothing really happened, you know? And we were about 20 minutes in and she was like, I still don't you know, understand kind of where the driving force is in this. And I was like, because mm-hmm. it's a quiet movie on its head, you know. Um, there's there's a lot to look at and there's a lot it's to kind of a take slow in. slow burn. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's
1: a slow burn to an avalanche. And right. that's not <laughs> unsurprising in a thriller like this. It's, you know, more of a psychological mean, but... When it comes down to audiences, you know, usually people want to get slapped in the face almost when right away with like, what the hell is going on? What's the motivation behind these characters? You know, they want to be kind of, like, plopped into the middle of the action. Unless it's, you know, obviously a drama or suspense film. It's been very clear to them before they even enter the theater. Hey, you're going to be sitting on your ass for 45 minutes watching these people exchange longing glances. Right. You know, their (laughs) pinkies will brush and you'll go, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And with something like this, I think people aren't always prepared for. For that. What they're getting, you know. And so it's like there has to be some mild exposition but the whole point is the mystery the curiosity it doesn't reveal itself to you right away Mm -hmm. it's you're kind of unfolding it as it goes on so they're giving you a little bit here a little bit there and then it's more about what happens in the film and not what's happened before or afterwards so it's like oh well why did why did they move why are they getting a new apartment why does he have this new job why did he not go to art school it doesn't matter exactly But we are waiting for those questions to be answered.
0: But I actually like that because that actually leads to my kind of theories. So I'm glad you said that. Um, Oh, and if you guys have any questions, just put them in the live watch uh, uh, chat. Any thoughts or whatever, just put them in the live watch chat. And then we can kind of look at them there. So my original estimation was that this wasn't a flashback. It was a flash forward. And I thought it started from, or rather that the flashback was young Fred and not old Fred. I thought it started with um, him taking the pure Merc and basically almost ODing. And then it was him then kind of going forward and seeing his adult self, seeing artist Fred, seeing all of that, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. living all these different choose your adventure moments. Um, There's something where... He's on the ground. He's like, oh my God, I was old, blah, blah, blah. And then Cindy says to him, like, follow him. He'll show you the way. And then he starts looking at the boy. So we think he's talking about the boy. I think he was talking about adult Fred. And that's what kind of like created a time loop. Now, um, you mentioned this earlier, Pints, about the things the uh what what they call like mal malprop malopropisms, uh, the things that kind of have um uh, dang it, what's the word I'm thinking of? Basically, items that ain't quite right. <laughs> and
1: Yeah, so... all, all the basically props that he has around him. Exactly. Like everything you see is a prop. It's not necessarily a fully fleshed out thing. So well, like, none of the boxes in the house are labeled. And most exactly. people at, like, still label them a bedroom or kitchen oh, or yeah. photographs or books. Well, and nothing... none of the boxes are labeled. Everything is like, you know, this really like, you know, the white and blue Like, neutral tone. Mm -hmm. Everything in the apartment is, like, the same color. The cardboard boxes are a light brown, you know. So, everything's just kind of, like, this generic neutral tone. And nothing in the house feels, like, personal. Nothing feels like, well, this was picked out. You know, I mean, it's like it was already set dressed.
0: Well, there's no pictures. The couch
1: came with the apartment. Right. You know, like, okay, they might have brought in that rug because they're looking at it, like, all happily. Oh, look, there's some color in our place now. Like, we made this decision, But everything else about it, it's like the backsplash is already there. The appliances are already there. That gray couch is already there. Mm -hmm. But everything else just is like, oh, it was already kind of there or you don't really see much in there. And then even the idea of
0: them. Well, before we go to that, let's keep talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, Before um, even the the. Ways that, so the labels thing really shot up at me when Cindy had her little monologue about, um, in this world, everything has labels, we put labels on everything, even the label maker has labels. Mm -hmm. And that was when I kind of noticed, I was like, those boxes didn't have any labels on them. And that's just not how people pack, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, of course, the one way street that didn't say or the one way street sign that didn't say one way, even at his job, like nothing was identifying him as him. And like you said, everything had a very specific tone even the um the inside of his mom's hospital room looking kind mm-hmm. of like the inside of their old house and mm-hmm. um and then even down to this was a big thing for me i'm like i've never heard of a condominium in which you have access to the security feed <laughs> for the entire building and then this this weird thing. And me and my friend were joking. We're like, "Um, what does Karen do for work? You know, we we don't really see her do for work. And we're like, is she the super? (laughs) And that's how he has access to this, you know. And it's like, we're kind of filling in these these plot holes that we're considering plot holes, because that's the way that our minds are kind of taught to think. And what we're being shown is that Mm -hmm. Mercury, of course, is Removing those necessities that nece- uh, if we're not succumbing to pleasure or pain, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. little thing that she was saying was. And so I really liked the way that that came together. Go ahead. I'm looking right. at, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, and
1: Mercury, too, like when you go back into mythology, uh, Mercury, Hermes, uh, was also God of the Crossroads. So, a lot of times, it was, like, decisions, God of Travelers, you know, people making choices, and also uh, thieves and rogues and a bunch of other cool stuff. But, so, Crossroads was really a, a big thing, too. And, you know, obviously, there's... Well, I won't go into all of that, because that's a, that's a whole other sidebar. I'm going to stop myself before I even start. <laughs> that's why I started that whole Discord. Um, but, yeah, so when you, when you first get introduced to this, you're like, okay, so he's got this job that does something with data he's mm-hmm. got this girl who's filling in this role of like oh longtime girlfriend you know and she's like supportive with the mother you know uh very much so, like overly so supportive
0: a, like, a, yeah right. a lot of
1: a lot of people would be like i'm gonna go with you but they wouldn't say like oh here let me be the one to interact like this with is the not nurse my and mother come <laughs> get you and say oh they're ready for us mm-hmm. you know let me do all this you know these things so it's like wow she's kind of like this ideal you know, wow, she's very supportive and they moved in together and they're talking about like a family and she's talking about building their home or like designing it. And like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with our lives together? Let's discuss it. She's not just like, I'm going to do a, whatever theme in the bathroom. And the right. guy's like, sure, whatever, you know, like she's actively trying to get him to make choices and participate. You know, there's feedback, there's compassion, there's all this stuff, but what do you really know about her? But she does have
0: her limits. Beyond be-
1: Right beyond these traits that she's mm-hmm. kind of embodying, like what, who is she as her own person?
0: Well, there's a big part. I um I talked with this. Uh, I talked with Chris about this, and this is something that you will see in the deep dive, uh, interview that we have coming out. So you guys are getting a little bit of a uh, a a spoilerific peek into that. But basically, um, on talking about data. He um, specifically said he wanted Fred to have a job that was kind of nondescript like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was all about, you know, perception of the world and uh, basically... Exactly. And it's one of those things where he's just very unfulfilled and mm-hmm. very um just kind of going through the motions, but also really
1: directive and not creative compared to what he seems to want as a person.
0: Well, exactly. But there's also a part of Fred that because so we see him doing this test in math and or in um. I guess it's got to be like a homeroom. Maybe it's a math class, but we see him doing this test and he's like, can I go to the bathroom? And the guy's like, "Um, yeah. uh," You know, after you get done with your test test. and then he speeds through it. And so it's like, we know Mm -hmm. that he has this capacity and he got the data analyst job. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not just something that you go and get off the street. He has a, he has an aptitude for it it's just a matter of if he is going to mature enough to kind of accept that so that he can do Mm -hmm. both. And I think what we're seeing is uh, it's a case of arrested development. And a lot of it is kind of brought on by his mother and her sickness. Um, Another thing we talked about was Karen and even to an extent, Evelyn where Fred, Karen we see a part where she is kind of grooming him and, you know, tying his tie. And again, he, she's always there. She's taking care of his mother Mm -hmm. and really kind of stepping into that proto mother role that Mm -hmm. wives kind of get exactly get into. And on the flip side, we have um, uh, Evelyn who Mm -hmm. is not necessarily matronly, but Fred still Very has. Brusque. Yes, but, but not cold, you know? She no, still just has. Like I like, said, just
1: brusque to just get yeah. like down to business.
0: Exactly. You know? Very because professional. She, she gives him chances when
1: he's at life, you know, like when he's been late. She's like, you've been exactly. late three times this month. There will be consequences. So she's setting boundaries for him. Right. And, you know, like saying, that, hey, you know, clean up your act. But it's not the completely dismissive, like robotic kind of exactly you, know, you will do what i say kind of yeah. person either <laughs> so i i will admit i did love like her dead eye when he's like dreams of youth and she just oh. kind of looks up and is like hmm. and you're like dude there's nothing there she's just like at
0: all yeah okay i loved <laughs> like, it gone
1: it's just there's nothing
0: <laughs> i actually had a chance to talk very briefly with amanda and um she was just like uh i I said one thing I loved about her is that she just loves data, and her job. She just like goes home and she's like spreadsheets.
1: She's oh, exactly <laughs> so PowerPoint nice. presentations.
0: Oh, that Excel. Yeah, that's right. Click yes, on those columns. Right. Oh, yes. Expand it. Oh my God. Yes. Formulate <laughs> filter. <that data>. Oh.
1: <laughs> You're like whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Calm down. And she loves it. I already and then, saw you in Kim's convenience, and now right. I had some questions. Okay.
0: <laughs> and we see Fred and and I hear she is. Yeah. And well, that's one of the reasons we couldn't have an extended interview because then she was filming for a film of Kim's Convenience and for Handmaid's Tale. And I was like, Oh, I'm never going to get this lady. (laughs) But, um, she was, it was funny because, you know, in Fred, she sees that, that analytical side and she's like, I know Mm -hmm. that you can do this. Are you going to do it? Yeah, you know? and that's kind of the question. And so there was a scene that was actually cut, where um, if, uh, Amanda Evelyn is kind of like, you know, hey, are you ready to do this presentation? Blah blah blah, it's coming up, and Fred kind of snaps at her and like lashes out. And they made the decision to cut it.
1: I wondered that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'll, I'll finish what you're saying because I wanted to bring up another point I saw, which made me go, "Oh, I wonder if
0: they cut some other stuff related to this." Exactly. So uh, the reason they cut it is because he was like, "Fred is a terrible employee." <laughs> you know, it's like this isn't an issue just because there are these forces that don't work out for Fred doesn't mean that they're nefarious, doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they're going against him. And um, Dylan asked him, uh, you know, the mom, is the mom good or is she bad? And he was like, neither, you know, she's just a mom and she's just doing mm-hmm. her best. Now, because her actions inadvertently are what lead to the monster, you know, that kind of haunts him uh, later on in this movie the intention wasn't to hurt him it was to basically make it sure that he making sure that he didn't hurt himself yeah, and disciplinary so, and not malevolent exla- exactly and so that was kind of the same thing with Evelyn, where they're like no this isn't her fault and she's not a bad person fred is just a terrible employee and he's yeah, going through a she's lot setting of stuff. boundaries
1: and discipline he's just not able to comply for various reasons <laughs>
0: exactly so go ahead with what you're you were thinking
1: i i wondered if they cut anything uh between specifically like him and evelyn but also you know between him and, and the other teachers or or whatnot because the look he gives that traffic cop <laughs> at the beginning
0: damn there's a whole scene <laughs> in that, that alleyway like, that's holy missing crap
1: I know from the promo pictures, the one where it's like it's you have like the the text there on the the bright green, the black computer and mathematical text, which I don't know, because Hamilton, where they filmed this, is uh, notorious for uh, these couple of alleyways full of mural art and graffiti art. Mm. And so I wasn't sure, like, oh, was this just, you know, a happy coincidence where they're like, oh. Perfect. We can use this because it has the color that we want or, you know, has the look that we want. So we're gonna, you know, frame this against this part of the mural because there's so many of these. And by the way, if you haven't seen all of them, you can see them in a bunch of other uh like Netflix productions and productions that were filmed in the Toronto area because they love using that. Travelers used it quite a few times. But there's all well, these murals fine. there. And so yeah. I wasn't <laughs> sure if McBride had like painted the bright green one with all the mathematics and the computer and the data, you know, formulas, because that's like quantum math that he's standing in front of in the promo pics.
0: Ah, uh, I, oh, sure I think that they probably the, like, that digitally was part edited
1: of it. it. Yeah. I was like, because I had actually gone through at one point when they released the promo pic. And I was like, this looks like Lamed getting into alchemy and, uh, gematria, which is like this, uh, mathematical prophecy where, you know, you can like, you assign different number values to, letters in the alphabet and then you put them together and add them up and divide them and all this Mm -hmm. and so uh lamed in hebrew is 30 and then it's like oh the triple x's in the bar behind him are not just the you know triple x adult whatever but 10 10 10 roman numerals 30 right going to be 30 there's 30 pictures of cindy that karen leaves out on the rug when she leaves the key
0: Ah. it's three and 10
1: So it's like, oh, 30 keeps popping up all over the place, you know, and it's like, well, it's because he's about to turn 30. So that's on his mind, obviously.
0: Also, that was another thing that cracks me up quite a bit um, was that uh, he just had these pictures everywhere. (laughs) Just no chill. (laughs) No stealth. He put them in his, like, the same dresser he shares with his wife.
1: Yeah, it's, like, in his, (laughs) his, like, sock drawer. You're, like, okay, don't don't lift up the mattress. Guess what you're going to find under there? A bunch of pictures (laughs) of
0: Cindy. (laughs) But even more pictures of her. (laughs) Like, oh, my god! Now, I don't know that he was going to be turning 30. Um, When I was talking with uh, Chris about the timeline, he was, like, this is basically... um, I think he already was 30, because he was, like, it is 15 years after high school, which would kind yeah, of put so him like, in that... Yeah, so that
1: would be, like, 32, 33, right. you know, so it's, like...
0: But definitely like, in that range, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, but I was, like, 30 keeps showing up all over the place, and I was, like, oh, I wonder if that was, you know, something to do with that, because a lot of people, 30 is... The age where it's like, okay, I should have my shit together by now. Right. Everyone always says like, oh, okay, well, you get out of college and you're still like in your early 20s, mid 20s. It's like, so then you still have a few years to like actually get your quote real job and, you know, get your adult life, you know, going, like start having kids, buying homes, whatever. Mm. It's like in this economy, adulting in this economy, like, are you kidding me? Um, I say from all my wisdom as a Gen Xer over here. Right. <laughs> on, the, uh, on the other side of 40, I'm going like, Yeah, that's cute. No, nobody has their shit together at 30. Oh, never. And nobody ever has gotten their shit together at 30. That's just that's a lie. Exactly. I can tell you right now. My parents had two kids by the time they were 30 at least two kids, depending on if you count all my step parents. And (laughs) I can tell you right now, they did not have their together at 30, even though they had a house, a husband, a wife, whatever kids. No, (laughs) it was just more bullshit on top of bullshit. Exactly. But, you know, that is kind of one of those turning points where people, you know, start to assign like a specific value to like age and go, oh, at this point, I should no longer be doing Childish things like I shouldn't be going out to the bars as much. I shouldn't be in fandom. What am I doing writing fanfic and interacting with fandom as a thirty-year-old
0: woman? Right. Gosh, I should just. And call then him you and get I... over that real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will so, say so. Um, uh, kind of looking at uh, yeah, I think that he was definitely at a um at a crossroads in his life where he was trying to you know just kind of be like. Where am I going from here? And this is kind of the point in my life where I need to decide. And yay, happy almost birthday, best up. 30 is great.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's fine. It's no big deal. 30, 31, 32, take as long as you need, man. Exactly. <laughs> You're going to get together on your own time. And a lot of this is also kind of like assumed perspectives and assumed projections mm-hmm. of what he's going to be so if you go back to the whole him taking the drug is the catalyst which sets off like you know this different directions so it's like he takes the drug and then part of him goes north part of him goes west part of him goes south you know whatever and so it's like oh there's artist fred there's you know other fred there's homeless fred there's whatever fred
0: Fred we see you know there's
1: like all these freds all you know everywhere all happening at the same time it's like that catalyst so it's like oh if i make the decision to go to to college and then I need stability and I want to focus on stability versus creativity. You know, what am I going to be giving up? What am I going to be struggling with? And then it's like, Oh, well, if I give up my art dream and have stability, then I'll have like the woman and I'll have like the home and I'll have like the job and then I'll be looking at having kids and getting my shit together and boring. And so a lot of that is kind of like that 2d again, where it's like, Oh, he's just kind of throwing up all this Assumed props of like, oh, and at this point, I'll be moving into a house. At this point, I'll have a quote unquote real job rather than being a story artist or whatever. Why?
0: Because he went to the Art Institute. I would have liked to see, to understand why the art thing didn't work out. Just even in terms of him like creating characters. And I do wonder if he really was just one of those people that could draw, but just wasn't creative to, you know, like put together a story. And, and if this that ties was just...
1: into the whole alchemy thing, too, mm-hmm. because people who were um, hermetics and people who were alchemists believe that you always had to be creating in order to live. And so if you weren't creating, you were stagnating. Mm-hmm. And so it was very important to maintain creativity. But then it also ties in, like in a Slaughterhouse-Five, Kurt Vonnegut way. Vonnegut has this great quote about how artists are the canaries, where like, the artists are like the sentinel species of humans. And so artists feel things at a deeper level and are affected by things faster than other people. And so when the artists start dropping dead, that's when you know something's wrong.
0: Ah, uh uh-huh.
1: Because they're the ones that are, you know, like literally the canaries in the coal mine.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So the artists in humanity are like the canaries in the coal mine as far as that goes. And so him giving up his art and becoming this drone is like, "Mm, maybe this isn't the way to go
0: but then maybe it is <laughs> you know and that's well, kind but, of see, that's what why we i was don't talking know. about the
1: alchemy thing too yeah. because it's like okay so he stopped creating and he feels like he's stagnating like something's missing from his life mm-hmm. so he's going to look back for like when he felt he still had the freedom to create like before it became a dream and it was still a potential reality well what
0: kind of interested me is the memento of it all the idea uh-huh. that he looks in this yearbook and he scratched out her face. And he can't remember why he scratched face, her face. But I'm like, if you hadn't, this entire trajectory of Karen doesn't happen. Which was another reason why I was like, oh, no, this is definitely his, you know, choose your own adventure kind of version. The other thing mm-hmm. I was a little bit interested in is. So we see artist Fred and on the wall, mm-hmm. there's like a little picture, a little chibi drawing of uh. Of Fred and Cindy and then there's like a picture that you know they live in this yellow house and it comes like directly from his sketchbook and then when we cut back to um him in the house uh tripping and the guy is like you know it's your turn to go out again etc we see him go to the wall and he starts kind of you know filling in like little places and we still see that picture Mm -hmm. again and the same ones from his sketchbook exactly And it makes me wonder about are we to assume that this is just all delusions, that this is just all a drug filled delusion and, you know, versus this actual be this actually being a kind of, you know, supernatural like thing where all these things are existing concurrently. I guess not concurrently, simultaneously
1: same same difference in mm-hmm. in in effect. Ah. I think <laughs> that you know part of it's left up to the, the viewer. viewer, you know, but I think that all of it ties back into him telling her he can't do this, and he has to wait and then he meets Karen. Mm-hmm. but he's already had all these visions of
0: what the future could be. And so he knows. Yeah, he knows what that future Mm -hmm. looks like.
1: Right. And so then that's why he's like with his mom at the end and, you know, whatnot, because he was there the entire time. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're going to have a kid, because he made the active choice to go back and live actively in that life and say like, hey, yeah, this art stuff I can still create in other ways. I can still, you know, find satisfaction throughout my life in other ways. I don't have to continually right. be dissatisfied because what i wanted when i was 18 isn't what i want now that i'm you know older yeah which is the super common thing you know it's like there you expect everyone in college you know in high school it's like you're 17 years old you know you have a curfew you have an allowance you can't vote you can't do this you can't do that you know it's like you can't dye your hair blue you can't do this don't get a piercing you can't get a tattoo but by the way, don't forget to apply to your top 15 colleges, take your SATs, take your ACTs, take all these tests, you know, mm-hmm. apply for scholarships, take out $30,000 in student loans, put yourself into debt. Right. You know, whatever. You're totally capable L- the American of making dream. that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely capable of making that huge ass decision. Oh, yeah. And then by the time you realize, like, hey, maybe I don't want to study Russian literature, you're already 90 hours into it going, oh, what do I, well, you know, do I start over? Do I just get this degree? Like,
0: well, even the idea of Crap. going to college directly after high school and it's such a culture mm-hmm. shock and a lot of people would benefit from a gap year, but it's America. just not part of our culture yet, you know? So it's like Yeah, well, America's
1: just like, Oh, you graduated from high school in May, you better get your ass to college. Like exactly. you better be packing your boxes
0: so that you can get GTL to the workforce the house. as soon as yeah, possible. So
1: get to college or get a job. So mm-hmm. it's like if you're graduating in May, you either better be starting your job, whether it's mcdonald's the factory whatever Mm -hmm. you know and have that summer work experience quote unquote and then get your butt to college as soon as august rolls around or you better be packing up your boxes to move cross-country to start a whole new life with people you don't know in a place you don't know that you're paying out the money all the all the money all the everything on a chance that hey in three years, you're going to realize, I'm exactly where I want to be, and I'm super happy I'm entering my senior year in college in exactly the profession that I wanted that I chose when I was 17 years old. And um, That's not how life works. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry to disappoint everybody, but <laughs> there's a good chance that you're going to get through college, and you're going to say man, you know what? I really thought I was going to be super into biochemistry and it is just not doing it for me. But exactly. I really liked these theater classes I'm taking. Maybe instead I'll go into like some stagecraft stuff and a uh, spoiler alert. That's cool. Do what makes you happy. Just exactly. realize that you're going to pay for it. Cause you're going to pay it. for it. I was going to say you're going to pay, gonna for, pay, it pay anyway. for it anyway. You might as well. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not trying to be like, I'm just trying to be pragmatic about it. It's like, oh, you yeah. can still find work. You can still find, you know, satisfaction in your life and it's okay to change majors it's okay to say you know what no i'm going to just switch well, or that's it's okay what I, to take another year to like you know complete a a minor in something so that's what i found interesting it or,
0: right you know. about fred is that for him the art was a gateway it was a drug mm-hmm. and so it's not something that he could do in moderation it it was something he was either going to devote all of his time too <laughs> or none of his time too. There isn't a well, middle happens. ground that exists yeah, you get your him. identity
1: tied into something like that. Yeah. You know, so you have this identity where you're like, I went to college to get my degree in X, you know, mm-hmm. or I've put all these years of my life, even if it's not college, just, you Politics know, I've spent all the years of my one. life refining yeah. this, you know, and now what do I do with it?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or, I,
1: I see that this doesn't have a path for me for the other things that I want in life, like yes, I could be an artist and I would be happy being an artist, but then at what cost? Everything has a trade-off. Exactly. You just um, have to find a balance between being happy and whatever, and that's what he's doing in all these different lives. It's like okay, in this one he is an artist and he's living in the yellow house that he wanted, and oh, it has this beautiful beach view and whatever. But but the cost still is that it's not around.
0: real. Exactly, and they're yeah, still bouncing you know, around. Yeah. There's no stability. He's still
1: seeking something. Yeah, he's still seeking something. He's still looking for something. So with all those adventures, it's like, no, he still wants to have, you know, like a home life. And he wants to have his own family. And he wants to have his own... Kind of like his own claim on life. Like he wants to put his stamp on it. But he just doesn't know what stamp he wants to use yet.
0: Um, In the chat, Aria said... Um... Uh, do, do, do what if there are only two timelines? Um, one where the baby remembers uh, and doesn't leave the room, and so doesn't do drugs, lives a good life, versus the baby, um, doesn't remember. You know, falls down the stairs, takes the drugs, imagines all this stuff, and uh, life's in his drugged up mind that he thinks he can travel anywhere, but actually is stuck in his body in that filthy room. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the answer is yes. And, you know, I think, but also everything else. That's kind of the thing is it's all stacked up top of each other. It really is just I'll, a hectic choose your own adventure.
1: It is a hectic choose your own adventure. And I'll disagree with the two timelines thing because it's already happened. He already went down the stairs as a child. Mm-hmm. Children are always exploring their surroundings and falling down and, you know, tumbling over things and pushing broken stuff. And that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you don't remember your own childhood from being that young, then that's fine. A lot of people don't, but in the movie, they make it very clear. One of the first things they say is everything that happens is implanted in your memory somewhere. Right. And so it's that's just one of of his accessing first it. memories. Right. But it's just, yeah, it's just not quite a full memory. He doesn't remember necessarily, like, the pain or the trauma or whatever of the last time he went into that dark room or, like, fell down the stairs. He just remembers being yelled at.
0: It's and a phantom memory. like, scared
1: and in pain. It's Yeah, so it's, like, just this, like, fragment of a memory. Mm-hmm. And so all it is is his mom, you know, like, saying his name, being like, no, don't do that. That's, you know, you could have really hurt yourself. I'm terrified. I'm scared. I'm a young mother. Oh, my goodness. You could have really hurt yourself. I looked away for half a second, and all of a sudden your ass over tea kettle down the stairs.
0: Exactly. So that was
1: going to happen no matter what. It's him getting the clarification on that memory and realizing that it's not this monster. It was just part of a memory he remembered, and it was because of his fear and his mother's fear, and they both just kind of well, I think into themselves to make it into this, like, oh, I, I don't really know exactly where this is going kind of memory, where it's just like, oh, panic, terror, fear, pain. Well, kind I of think, a really basic memory.
0: I think what ended up happening, and I think what Ariette was speaking to was the idea that um not necessarily that he wouldn't fall down the stairs but that his reaction afterwards so when i was talking to chris he uh was basically saying that when we're babies we have no concept of anything outside of the present um mm-hmm. very ego driven you know very me me me. and yeah. what parents do through discipline is teach children about viewing time in a linear manner and right. so the difference between you know fred goes for the stairs and he falls he gets you know he gets reprimanded and then the next time can he actually develop the idea of the past so that it can inform the future and it
1: did because obviously he associates his mom with safety as well because he continue- he goes back to her. He chooses her again.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what Ari was talking about was, um, you know... If he had stayed in the room, you know, at the end when she's like, she's like, remember, for remember what happened last time? Mm-hmm. If he had went for the door, then it's like, do we get the scenario where he's all, you know, drugged up and yada yada or um, when he went f- for uh, when he went back to his mom, then is everything fine? My only thing is, I do think regardless, there is a little bit of nature versus nurture to it because he still ends up kind of that that student, you know, that guy who's, like, really influenced by peer pressure, really influenced by um, kind of, like, what other people think of him, and, you know, who knows what his dad's situation is, and that whole thing, but I think that he is a little, um, it's easier for him to choose a safety path versus to, you know, try to branch out, whereas Cindy has has nothing to lose anymore, and so she's fine, right. kind of and living we don't that even existence. Know what she
1: had to lose to begin with, exactly. because we're not told anything about, you know, her parents, her family. No one even knows where she lives, and that goes into the entire thing about, oh, well, is, you know, since she only exists when he's on, the drug, quote unquote. You know, like when he's like, oh, it only seems like you come around when I'm thinking about you.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: You know, it's like, Oh, okay, so Oh there was a she's big... noticed as like a, a there was like a big metaphor there for like, you know, guide guideposts and signs and
0: there was a huge part of this movie where I thought that Cindy wasn't real. And like, mm-hmm. what, like the first couple of times to- or the first time I watched it, I was just like, I wonder if she's going to be just a figment of their imagination or, you know, maybe she's gone. Exactly. And she's never, like, she
1: wasn't there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, that would have been actually, I would have been okay with that. <laughs> um, I wanted to read what Chris said about data. Yeah. Um, he said uh do do he's in a company a big faceless sort of corporation
1: tell me you transcribe do doot I know, Any right <laughs>
0: if only <laughs> <laughs> um a big faceless uh sort of corporation that is um and his role is just about data analytics. And it's not about mm-hmm. the specifics of what he's analyzing. It's just finding patterns, what the patterns mm-hmm. are, and then labeling them, find, finding a pattern, label it, finding a pattern, label it. Again, label it. Right. And then on the rooftop with Cindy, um, there's a reference to that kind of way of thinking when she's like, um, I don't want to be like everybody else. Almost mm-hmm. all people, uh, all people are doing is labeling things, and mm-hmm. um, she was like, "This is uh, There's oh, no yeah. real
1: work. There's no real creativity. It's just all crunching."
0: Exactly. And so he was like, uh, "People are labeling things, saying uh, this is a career. This is you know this person is called a name. This is language of death, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then finally getting to time. And so Mm -hmm. I thought that uh, I really liked the way that he kind of put that when it came to why that specific job and kind of the nothingness behind it. Mm Oh, there we go. Um, Let's see. Oh, best upset. I'm glad that she's real. It makes me more interesting. Now, the 90s kid of me, it's so funny. I knew a Cindy growing up, and I couldn't stand Cindy, because either she couldn't complete a full sentence, or she would just talk too much about nothing. And <laughs> That's kind of how she felt to me in this.
1: <laughs> like the, the stereotypical mole kid,
0: crimped hair, big bow. Oh, no, no, earrings. not crimped hair, big bow, but opposite like the emo kid yeah the <laughs> emo like wasted it's like the system is controlling everybody uh, you know and all that you're Cindy just like
1: can be either okay. ali ali she or molly ringwald from the Prepper exactly
0: Club. exactly
1: but no no middle ground <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other take no prisoners
0: pretty much pretty much um uh let's see what else i was
1: trying to remember if i knew a fred and i was like uh
0: I Actually, don't think no, I knew a I Fred I either. Did.
1: I was like, I don't think I ever knew a Fred.
0: My friend, she was like, if you were named Fred, be, you know, anytime between like 75 and like 89, you were named after Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, well, maybe Fred Rogers. And she's like, Ugh, maybe. I was like, but that's the only Fred's I know, really. I was thinking about that. Oh, too. I noticed such somebody said name. somebody
1: said earlier about Um, I think it was. And Joyce uh, shout out um that Yosef uh, Fretzel, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, are you exactly but, uh, why yeah. that would be your jump to ah. it's a terrible story? um You can probably find it online. But he said his daughter ran away and then he locked her in the basement and raped her repeatedly and Yikes. had several children with her. And Yikes. dropped them off in baskets on the front door and then told his, his wife, oh, she must have dropped off this baby, etc., it's a terrible story, and so I understand he hearing had a that wife name and going, oh, wow, yeah, okay. Um,
0: <laughs> well, he had a wife, a, a, she that she was in his basement.
1: Choice. Yeah, it was their daughter together. Oh, so she knew. No. Okay, she thought well, the girl ran away. So they had a kid, but she was I in the. But she was, was in one. the basement, so, right? Yeah,
0: he like built oh, okay. a, a
1: like a little mini apartment in the basement, and
0: yeah, Mama's trash. Yeah, and, and <laughs> There's like no five, way
1: five or five or six kids together. That's I mean, it was terrible. It, it's awful. It's a terrible, terrible story. Well, you guys go look to that burn up. Alive, Ed burn in hell.
0: Yeah, if but you wanna. When I was be... first
1: doing all the alchemy connections, hopefully, mm. maybe this will knock you guys out of it a little bit. There was a famous alchemist, Nicholas uh, Tremel, and he was oh. actually in Paris, which is why all the little Paris and Eiffel Tower yeah. Easter eggs. You know, and he all over. did mention like, oh, that, Oh, please too. tell me that's Nicholas Flamel. Yeah, so I was like, Nicholas Flamel was this extremely famous alchemist, him and his wife both. And supposedly he made the Philosopher's Stone, and, you know, they were really into this. There's actually some statues and stuff still extant of them in Paris right now. So Nicholas Flamel, I hope that that kicks you guys out a little bit <laughs> because I was yeah. like, I can see where the last name in German would definitely be uh, traumatizing at this point.
0: <laughs> and then I wanted to. Um... Oh, and so last but not least, we talked about Echo. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, it originally, like it's
1: still in dev hell.
0: Yeah. Originally um he was writing it and George Clooney was going to direct it. Um and then right. COVID hit. And so Ooh. who knows? George Clooney, if you look at his IMDB, he's got a mountain of stuff that's in development. So mm-hmm. we'll see.
1: But everybody does right now, so
0: exactly. So he said, um Echo is a story about a CIA agent who is a drone operator. And he becomes one of those guys that sits in front of the screen all day, usually just looking at boring patches of desert. He looks for clues, kind of like Gene Hackman in the conversation. He's kind of obsessive. Mm -hmm. And he's like looking at watching different villages on the West side of the world with this drone. And so he's a quiet, solitary guy. He's kind of in this booth by himself. And he starts to believe that his wife has been replaced by an imposter and he thinks... Oh, no, he... Well, let me
1: just stop you there, because mm. let me interject. I read this script.
0: Okay, I didn't know. Is the script available, or is it available?
1: I'm not sure. I can see if I can still rustle it up from somewhere, but okay. I remember it was... I think it was... I probably got it from Blacklist, or probably something with Franklin Leonard. Okay. And like, s- through him, because I remember reading this entire script and just being knocked out by it. Like, as I was going down, I was just like, oh, oh, oh. It sounds okay. interesting. Yeah, it's it's extremely interesting. If I have a copy of it, which I might.
0: Yeah, look that uh, up. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll look and see if I do, and if I don't, I'll try to find out where I read it on. But right. I remember I read that, and then I read, uh, I think I read that about the same time as I re- read Monster Problems.
0: Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> those are fun to read together. <laughs>
1: and about the same time, I was I w- I read about Free Guy. And mm-hmm. I was like, Berlanti option didn't. I was like, Berlanti, what are you guys doing with Free Guy? Night best
0: up. Yeah, exactly. And so, okay. And then he says, um, oh, she looks like his wife, sounds like his wife. But, you know, it's just not his wife. And then he says, uh, it's based on a real form of schizophrenia called... Uh, Capgras syndrome that's uh that is transcribed so that might not be what he said (laughs) um where people believe that people around them have been replaced by imposters he starts Mm -hmm. following her around and taking notes and everything she does uh what hand does she use to pick up the fork and is like Mm -hmm. obsessively watching his wife and really starting to wonder if he's insane and um Let's see. And are they trying to get him because of the job that he has, or is this an unstable man about to make a huge mistake in his wife, either with his wife or with his job? And so that is the elevator pitch for Echo. We'll see what happens. Well, the third with it. act
1: on that is madness.
0: Just so you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. So if, I'm I, sure. if I
1: find that copy of it, then I will definitely like send it to you. But if you can find it online,
0: yes, please definitely
1: do. look it up.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I think we've taken up enough time. I am going to um, put this together. Oh, just under an hour. Perfect. So with that in mind, I think um, I definitely recommend the movie. I definitely recommend a double watch. It is an economical, what, 98 minutes, so you'll be fine. It goes by pretty quickly and it is pretty good to uh, rewatch and go back and watch for the visual clues. And you guys can check in tomorrow at noon Pacific standard time where we will be doing. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Pacific all the daylight time and where we'll be um, watching the director's commentary, which I actually haven't seen myself. So I will, um, I'm going to try to get that prepared for tomorrow. And we'll go from there. Oh,
1: I cannot tell you my spirit is about ready to leave my bones for that. Oh. Yes,
0: I'm excited too. So with that, say goodnight, Pints. Good night, Pints. Yay. Good night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>